0: Welcome to the IndyCar conference call. My name is Anna and I will be your operator for today's call. At this time, all participants are in a listen-only mode. Later, we will conduct a question and answer session. During the question and answer session, if you have a question, please press star then 1 on your touch-tone phone. Please note that this conference is being recorded. I will now turn the call over it's to Arnie Treiber. Arne, you may begin.
1: Thank you, Anna, and welcome to today's IndyCar media conference call. Our guest today is the 2019 NTT IndyCar Series champion, Joseph Newgarden of Team Penske. Uh Joseph, welcome to the call, and thanks for taking the time to be with us today.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Annie.
1: All right. Um, as most of you are aware, Joseph clinched his second series title in three seasons Sunday at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca, uh, concluding a season in which he led the NTT IndyCar Series with four wins, 12 top fives, Eleven races led and four hundred ninety laps led all were series bests. uh after the race Sunday, Joseph, you said that you were glad that uh the season was finally over uh now that you've had a little time to uh let what happened sunday sink in uh what's it like to be a two time NTt IndyCar series champion
2: well it's been uh, it really has been a great thing um, to to be able to finish this championship off the way we wanted to um, as a team, you know, with Team Penske. We went into the finale with with the goal of, of winning as a team. Um, however that was going to shake out, you know, the most important thing was, was bringing the championship to Team Penske. Um, I'm, you know, of course very, very, very happy that it worked out specifically for us on the two-car, but um, it was a team effort as it always is, and, um, you know, I felt like this year has been a it's been a great validation for for me personally um in my career uh but but also you know I'm very I'm very thrilled for for our group that that we were able to win the championship just because I, I felt like our guys have, have done such a phenomenal job and and really um put together what was a championship caliber year and and you know ha- if we weren't able to achieve that I think it would have been um it would have been a tough pill to swallow to not, you know, conclude the year with, with what I thought was, you know, everything it took to to win a championship.
1: Not many people can call themselves multiple-time IndyCar champions in their career. Um, there's just a handful of them that have won three or more. Uh, if you look at the list of the guys who've won two championships, it's seems like Bobby Unser, Tony Bentenhausen, Alex Zanardi, Tom Sneva, Gilles DeFerrin, what does it mean to you when you look in the history of the sport to see your name with them
2: well it's a, it's a huge honor to to just be a part of the the IndyCar series um there's you know there's a lot of drivers that um I, you know never get the opportunity to to get to this level um and then when you do get to the the top top level in the sport um you know being able to to stay there and and make the most of it is is a whole other challenge um but i've been really fortunate yeah, you know it's well documented how how fortunate i've been to to be with the right people at the right time and uh it's it started a, you know a long time ago in my career with mark Dismore at his facility in newcastle motorsports park and you know to to go from go-karting there to Europe to back to america here and now you know finally um putting together a second championship i i think for me it's it's just uh it's a great stamp on on my career um i feel that personally and i i i'm really thankful that you know all the people that have, have put something into my career i i hope they can get some satisfaction from that too that all their efforts were uh uh were going to something good and um you know, just really pleased that I feel like we we put a good stamp on on um, on our journey.
1: It was a, a big weekend for uh, a, a program that you were part of early in your career. The Team USA Scholarship, uh, the Champions in USF two thousand Indy Pro two thousand Indy Lights, and the NTT IndyCar Series are all alumni of that program. Uh, can Can you talk about what that that means for uh, young American racers?
2: Well, it's pretty phenomenal what's going on right now. Uh, it, you know, the, the, motorsports is so cyclical. You you find you find it going in these cycles um, of uh, you know talent and the way that it comes through the ranks. And I think right now we're in an era where we're seeing a lot of young American talent starting to emerge again. You know, through our our grassroots system, which is you know the road to Indy. And it, it's really cool to see that uh, all these all these guys that won the championship have have been you know from the Team USA scholarship, which is also been a fantastic program that that Jeremy Shaw has put on from many years ago and has continued to support year after year um, up to this point. And so um, yeah, I think there's a source of pride there for a lot of people that have been a part of that program, but that you know also come from you know the grassroots of American racing. Um, so that's fantastic. You know, that's that's what we want to see within our ladder system. But I also think you're, you're seeing great opportunity for uh, young drivers from all over the, the world. You know, they, they're able to come to this, these championships that are run in the United States and, you know, feel like there's light at the end of the tunnel. Um, you know, they feel that the possibility of, of working hard and, you know, getting the right opportunity and making the most of that opportunity to, can potentially reward you with a top-level ride and an opportunity to compete at the highest level um, with the best people in the sport. And and that's really all you can ask for is that opportunity. And I, that's the great part about American racing is that, that you get that. And, um, yeah, it's cool to be a part of that and cool to see it continuing to work right now.
1: Okay. And finally, uh it's been a pretty pretty busy time for you since uh winning the championship on Sunday. Uh You're in New York today. Uh, we'll be there for a bit tomorrow. Um, You'll be in Indianapolis on Thursday to celebrate the championship, and then Friday you'll be in Charlotte. Uh, they just announced doing a demo app for Shell Pennzoil at the Roval uh, during the NASCAR weekend. Uh, just talk about a little bit of all the things that are going on for you this week.
2: Yeah, it's gonna be—it's all good stuff. You know, we're in—we're in New York, like you said, just um, you know, having a, a, a small media tour. Uh, trying to, you know, see them the celebration and spread the word, uh, that the, the IndyCar season was a, it was a great hit this year, I thought. And there was a lot of transition, um, you know, particularly with, with NBC taking over full-time. I thought they kind of knocked it out of the park for their first year as, as the, you know, as the, the full-time provider of, of, uh, bringing IndyCar to, to network TV, um, and trying to showcase our product and, and give people, you know, great. Great access to our sport, and and to see that consistently on on a on a same make platform. Um, so yeah, it's been a, it's been a great year. Uh, we're gonna go to Indianapolis on on Thursday and and get through a, a small celebration uh, for the championship. And then, like you said, on Friday, it's, it's been a very very cool opportunity that that Shell has provided us. Um, they really wanted to do something to you know showcase their involvement with. With Team Penske and everything that we've done together, um, we had a very, very successful month of May together. Uh, as everyone knows, uh, you know, as a team, we won the Indianapolis 500, and, and Shell was a big part of that. On on my car specifically, Uh we finished in the top five, and and that fourth place I think at, at Indianapolis was a was a great springboard um, and a big helper to our championship run. So yeah, we're going to go to the Roval, like you said, on on Friday, and I'll get to do some uh, some some quick laps demoing in, the, in their car, which is going to be very, very cool. And it's just going to be a good showcase for for our partnership together with, with Joey Logano. And uh, I'm quite excited for that. I, I've, I've not been to that track, so to, to be able to go there and, and showcase our partnership is going to be very fun.
1: All right. Thanks, Joseph. Uh, let's open up for questions for Joseph Newgarden. Thank you. As a reminder,
0: if you would like to ask a question, please press star, then one on your touch tone phone. If you wish to be removed from the queue, please press the pound sign or the hash key. And we have a question from David Goreke from Detroit News. Please go ahead.
3: Congratulations on your championship. Yeah, thanks, man. Could you you please talk about, uh, you were just talking about Indy and, you know, your good showing there. Can you talk about that along with the double points in Detroit because you actually won a race there too, and that had to be pretty big following your success at Indy?
2: Yeah, very much so. You know the the, the Indianapolis 500. It, it's you know it becomes a very important event um, not just because it's the Indy 500 and it's our you know most pressure-packed race of the year. You know above any other race you want to win Indy, you only get one shot at it. But it's double points, so it's very meaningful to the championship and and how that adds up for the whole year. So finishing top five there was was quite important. And then that follows with Detroit, which is arguably just as important of a weekend. Um, The only difference with Detroit is that, you know, it's two separate races. So, you know, having a bad race one of the days in Detroit doesn't necessarily penalize you as much as Indy. Um, So it's not quite like a true double point situation. But, um, it's a very important weekend on a whole to make sure that you have strong performances there. And, and
4: we were able to do that
2: for the most part. And you know, we won the first day on Saturday, which was, I thought, a big deal for Chevrolet. Uh, it was a big deal for, for Hitachi and also Team Penske. I mean, everyone knows that we're, we're a big Detroit team. Um, you know, a lot of our, our heritage and, and lineage, um, you know, deeply rooted in a lot of our partnerships are through Detroit. So. We we wanted to do well there. I didn't think we did the best job in 18, and for getting one of the wins was very important. And then we had a little bit of a tough day on Sunday, but I think overall we were quite pleased with with our performance there, and and for sure it helped set up a, a good championship run.
3: Thanks again. Congratulations.
2: Thank you.
0: We have a question from Jenna Fryer from Associated Press. Please go ahead. Hi Joseph. Um, you know, a lot of drivers, particularly your age, they've got stories of either it was make or break time, um, money was gonna run out and their career was at a crossroads or and someone stepped in and helped them and you know, you know, some benefactor or something. i wonder, do you have any stories like that from your early days of racing where it was almost the end or you needed help from someone to continue?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, without a doubt, you know, we, like you alluded to, I think we all have uh, most most drivers have a story that that is somewhat like that um, at some point in their career. Uh, I don't want to single anyone out because there's, there's too many people that have done too much, uh, so I don't want to make you know one person mm-hmm. like the make or break guy. But um, I think probably the the toughest point was at the end of 2010. It was my second year living in England, and um, I had quite a tough year in the GP3 Championship, which was running Europe. And um, you know, it was a last-minute deal to run that season uh, because uh, an investor deal fell apart at the beginning of 2010. So then we had this rushed season with uh, with Carlin Racing, and it, it just ended up being a little bit of a bust. And at the end of 2010, I thought, you know, that might be it. We didn't have any more funding. Um, we, we had gone pretty much as far as we could and, and Europe almost broke us <laughs> just because of, you know, it's a very expensive sport and trying to get the money to, to go racing over there continuously is, is tough. And so at the end of 2010, yeah, I thought, you know, I was going to come back home and, and start thinking about plan B at that point. Um, you know, what was next? And, um, we just, you know, we, we ended up getting a lot of support, uh, from, Couple different people, and then for sure, my grandfather, my dad—they they all helped make it happen. But uh, Sam Schmidt really—he uh, put in, you know, quite,
1: quite
2: a, quite a bit to make sure that I got in an Indy Light seat um, in 2011. Mm-hmm. And I, I did not think I was going to be racing in 2011, yeah. let alone Indy Lights. You know, I, I thought if anything, I was going to be racing in like F2000 or something like that, which is the bottom part of the ladder you know, going to IndyCar, so I didn't even think I'd be at the the cusp of, you know, the top of the IndyCar ladder, you know, stepping up. And I, I ended up running Indy Lights in 2011, and, and like, I think that just set everything off, you know, because we won the championship yeah. that year, and then that gave me the great opportunity with, with SFHR, which kind of, you know, brought the whole thing on. So, that was, to me, the end of 2010 was, like, the moment where I thought everything was done.
0: Would you do anything different? Would you, looking back at the path you took, would you change anything? Would you still go to Europe? Is there anything different at all you would change, or is this the way it was meant to be? I,
2: I think somehow it, it's all worked out as beautifully as it needed to. Um, I, you know, I'm a perfectionist, so knowing what I know now, <laughs> there's, I think there's a thousand things about it that are different. Um, but they are very little things. You know, you just wish you had the education of the sport. Um, you just, but you, it's impossible. You can't have the hindsight of, you know, eight years into an IndyCar career and then going back to your karting career and, and taking all the benefit of that. It's just impossible. Um, but if I could, it would be, you know, I think I think try and make all the right decisions having known everything you know now. Um, but what I like about my career is I, I think the way it has shaped up and the, the, the sort of the, the journey I did take, it really prepared me for. You know the cruelties of the sport, uh, the realities of of what it takes to really succeed, and to not only succeed but to continue to succeed. You know, I think that's the toughest part about it. Is it's it's one thing to get here, but when you get there, then figuring out how to stay and to continually find success. The the reality of what that takes is is what's most difficult. And I think you know the hardships along the way. That's what really prepares you for for being able to do that throughout your career.
0: Perfect. Thank you, Joseph. Enjoy the rest of the
3: week. Thanks. Appreciate it.
0: Our next question is from David Malsher from motorsport.com. Please go ahead.
4: Hi, Joseph. Uh, again, congratulations. Uh wanted to uh, ask about uh, Penske's ability to turn things around mid-season oh, or mid-weekend. Uh Usually, uh, Penske's always been good at turning things around mid-season if they're having general struggles. I've always thought of Ganassi as the team that can turn things around mid-weekend and get the most out of it. But I wanted to highlight uh, another fourth place for you, at uh, Barber. I mean, uh, it looked it looked a dreadful weekend at the start. You guys all looked at your wits end as to what the heck had gone wrong. Uh, and yet you ploughed through the field to uh, finish fourth. And I wondered if that kind of like gave everyone a boost that, hey, we're now uh, able to dig ourselves out of a hole in any given circumstances and we can, you know, power on and win this championship and succeed strongly on uh, road courses.
2: Yeah, I think, I honestly think that's been our strength. You know, race day is normally my favorite day of the weekend, um, you know, simply because I think the way we run races is the best out there. I really do. You know, uh, I think I think that uh, from a from a team standpoint, all of us. But you know, specifically on the two car, I mean, I just think we hit on all cylinders when it comes to race time. Um, You know, Tim, he he's just he's a fantastic strategist. Uh, the pit stops have to be perfect. You know, you have to focus on in and out laps. Um, the car, you know, and the setup, and 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 how you're trying to get the most out of the tires. Like we just we're generally pretty good at working through that a little bit better, even if our pure pace is off slightly, um, we can make more of a race situation in my opinion than most people and so yeah, I think that's the strength of ours. I think we've relied on it a lot when we haven't had the the true outright pace that we needed and um generally that's the strength you need you know you can have all the all the pace in the world, but if you can't you know formulate a race,
4: then a lot of times it's also not. And uh, my follow-up question uh, was to do with Portland. Uh, if you hadn't been in a championship situation and kind of like being careful not to put yourself in a hole for Laguna Seca, um, how how much further up do you think you might have finished uh, than fifth uh, if you'd sort of like really been uh, gunning for, you know, if that race had happened at the start of the year? Uh, what kind of pace do you think you might have uh, turned in to recover from 13th on the grid?
2: Well, because I put us in a hole, you know, um, there's no doubt I think winning that race would have been a total order. I, I don't think that would have been possible. Um, I, I think realistically, if I was in full attack mode, a podium yeah. was, was possible. You know, I think third is yeah. maybe about what we can hit for on that all day. Maybe
3: a second, you
2: know, depending on how quickly I cleared Marco. Um you know, if I would have cleared him on a normal situation a little more aggressively, then yeah, I think third or second was our was our
4: potential there. I think beating wool would have been right. you know, a bit too too tall of an in order. Okay. Well thank you. And uh yeah, congratulations again. Cool. Thanks, David.
0: And we have a question from Asher Fair from Beyond the Flag. Please go ahead.
3: Hi, Joseph. Congratulations on winning your second championship, first of all. This year, you won at so. several tracks you really hadn't won at before. You talked about Detroit, obviously Texas, and St. Petersburg. You really didn't have much statistical success. Moving ahead to next year, are there any specific tracks where you're going to be focused on improving?
2: Um, I think Indianapolis is my is my highlight. You know, it's it's, it's uh, I highlight I highlight it every year, but I'm going to like probably highlight it three times over this time um because you know we, i don't think you can put too much emphasis on it like you you, you can overthink these things um but i'm going to be putting a lot of resources into you know figuring out how do we win the Indianapolis 500 that's still you know a box we need to check um you know but you can't force it i, I don't know if you know there's a lot of there's a lot of great talented guys that that you know never won that race and they've let a lot of laughs there you know mike londretti is probably the most famous for it you know, leading a ton of laps and probably should have won the race and he never has. But um, that, for me, is, like, that's the place I really want to figure out. And then other than
3: that, you know, I think it's kind of the standard,
2: um, standard thought process. You want
1: to win anywhere you
2: have it, and you want to continue to win at places you have. You know, we're, we're going to look to be successful and all around it everywhere. So um, I think our, our we took a big step on our street course program overall this year, and, and that was probably our biggest jump think we need a little bit more work on our road course game um we made big strides you know the guy's did an amazing job getting us forward but i think we need to do a little bit more work so i'm, I'm also you know keeping the the road courses in mind that, that we've got to find a bit more there
3: all right thank you very much and congratulations again thank you for sharing.
0: And as a reminder, if you would like to ask a question, please press star, then one on your touch phone. And we have a question from Bobby Cesardi from BronxNet TV. Please go ahead.
2: Joseph, first, congratulations again on winning the title. Welcome to New York. Uh, They call me Bobby C. So Bobby C. from BronxNet TV in New York was such a tough last name. Uh, team Penske has nine wins, eight poles, the Indy 500, and now the IndyCar Championship this season. You've given so much credit to your team. How much has Team Penske been a career-altering move for you? Was that part of the reason why you were so emotional after winning? Ooh, it's, it's impossible to say. You know, I don't know where I would be now um, if I, you know, if I say I stayed with Ed Carpenter Racing and didn't make the transition um i I believe we still would have found a lot of success we We were finding a lot of success the year before I moved to team Penske um We were in the championship conversation we were in you know we were in the hundredland five hundred i mean arguably two thousand and sixteen was one of my my best years before moving over to team Penske so i, I don't think it would have um I, I i don't know it's impossible to say how different it would have been but you can't deny that team Penske is the benchmark. Uh, they are the team that everyone targets, and um, you know, being in New York here, I always make the comparison that driving for Team Penske, is, it's like playing for the Yankees. You know, you're 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 basically competing with the dynasty here, and um, they're the best to have done it, and they're the they're the group that everyone wants to to be, and they're the group everyone wants to beat, and so there's a lot of pressure to to perform in that environment. But on the flip side, you also know that you have you have the history behind you, you have the process, you have the people, um, you have the management, you have the ownership. You, you have everything in place uh, to to go and succeed and do it better than everyone else. And, and I think that gives you the confidence to go and, and be better than everybody else in a, in a lot of ways. So um, I like it. I like. I don't mind the pressure, but I, I really enjoy the confidence that the team gives you that you have everything you need.
0: Our next question is from Chris Nelson from Detroit Free Press. Please go ahead.
3: Hey, Joseph. Before the uh, races in Detroit, Roger Penske said he had no plans to retire anytime soon and that he wants to stick with it as long as as he can. I know you've kind of touched on Team Penske quite a bit here, but just with Roger in particular, he seemed like he still has the fire and the passion and... You know what kind of leader is he to, to race for? I mean, does he really make you want to drive through a wall for him?
2: <laughs> well, I look. I don't see just going down anytime soon. uh He seems more energized, and and um, I mean, he just he's more with it than anyone else I know. You know, the guy remembers people better than I do. <laughs> he uh, he understands what's going on around him um, in ways that I could never imagine because. He has a million things going on, truly. We all think we have a million things going on, but, but Roger truly does. And uh, he's got his finger on the pulse on all of it. And so I, I don't know how he does it. Um, but I don't see him slowing down anytime soon. And he's, uh, he's been an amazing leader, like you said. He really does set the tone for the team. Um, it starts, you know, from him, and it trickles down through everybody. And the atmosphere, what's cool about when you, when you walk into the doors of Team Penske and you join the, the group is that it, you, you feel like you want to get the most out of yourself. And I think that's why we perform so well. You know, we, we have really great people, but all the people that work here, they feel like they, they need to get the most out of themselves. And it's a genuine feeling that you have. And when everybody does that, I think we're just elevated a bit more than, than other teams. And so, yeah, it, make, it makes a difference. It makes a difference the way he sets the tone and the way he runs the organization. And, and we see that in a lot of different ways, whether it's with the team itself or the partnerships we have. It's just, it's echoed throughout the building.
3: And and also, just here in Detroit, there's been a lot of talk about some people wanting the race moved off of Belle Isle, and Roger Penske has been very instrumental in putting a lot of money into Belle Isle and doing those kind of things, and you've obviously raced here now and won here. I mean, would it be a shame if it moved off Belle Isle? I mean, how, how much do you enjoy racing on Belle Isle, and is, how important is that to Roger to keep it on Belle Isle?
2: You know, I think it's been it has been so much fun for me to when I started in IndyCar going to Detroit in 2012 and, you know, visiting Belle Island and to see how much it's developed and grown and become, you know, a wonderful place uh to, you know, all the way to 2019 for for people to, to not only go see the race, but to utilize the facilities there and and to enjoy the island. And I know that's so important to Roger. He he. He absolutely loves Detroit, loves the people, wants to do as much as he can for everybody and especially that city. And um you know, I what I what I love about it is, is you see that from the people too. Whenever I go to whenever I go to Detroit and you meet with the thousands of I mean, they have probably fifteen hundred, two thousand volunteers that go and work that event. And when you meet with them or you just meet with the people in the city of Detroit, they have a huge appreciation for Roger and what they do and, and that event and what it puts on and, and what they've done for the island and so I think that speaks for itself and it, it really is, it's been very cool to see that progression over the last eight years I think they've done a tremendous job so yeah, I look forward to it every year I go there
3: Hey, thanks man good luck next year Yeah, I appreciate it
0: And we have a question from David Malsha from com. please go ahead
4: uh sorry, I should have asked this before. Uh, uh following up your uh, uh comments about uh, working at Ed Carpenter Racing. Uh I realize that uh, obviously uh, as a rival of uh, Alexander Rossi you don't have a uh you know, you can only have a, a kind of like rival's relationship there. But have you and Jeremy Miller uh kind of like uh, kept in contact and thought it was kinda of like weird how having worked together at Ed Carpenter Racing Uh, you're now going head, you know, you'll just come off the season going head-to-head with uh, his driver as your main rival uh, in Rossi. And uh, did that give you any specific insights uh, as to how their cars might perform compared to the Penske when you were, you know, entering a Roseville Street or even Oval uh, course?
3: Well, for sure, there's,
2: there's benefits there on both sides. You know,
4: Jeremy, he knows me quite well uh he knows
2: how i drive a car um you know he knows he knows how we worked through those years um so he's going to have that insight um but he'll also know that you know yeah, i i worked really hard to figure out a race weekend and we did that together when we worked when we worked together and um so that he knows that's a strength and and i know with jeremy he's a tremendous engineer and i i know yeah. that he he's one of the best to have by your side when you're trying to figure out a solution for a weekend, um, so you kind of know that with Rossi, you see Rossi was down in the time sheets. Um Yeah, some of it was, you know, a little bit smoke and mirrors because it had some mechanicals. But you know, even if they don't have the track time, you know, they're going to figure it out. You know, they're pretty good at problem solving. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's. I mean, I could talk about this for hours. You know, it's small things. You know, kind <laughs> of, you kind of know how he thinks, jamper wise. You know the issues about his setup and how he wants to develop it, and and uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of things I know about Jeremy and and how he has, he attacks his program. So it's good insight for me. I do think it benefits us to some degree, but you know he's also got the benefit of knowing you know how
4: I am and how I drive a car too. Right, and did uh, did he say anything after your uh, dominant Iowa performance and hark back to your dominant Iowa <laughs> performance in 2016? <2016, laughs> Uh, we, we
2: text him and me text back and forth. He'll he'll <laughs> he'll send me some really funny memes if it's uh if it's been a good or a bad day, but I, I think he enjoys the competition I know I enjoy the competition with him 'cause we go head to head now. And uh yeah. I yeah, I think it's I think he enjoys it too. It's it's quite fun to to compete now on the opposite end.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, thanks man
0: We have no further questions at this time.
1: And seeing as we have no further questions for Joseph, we will thank him for the time and wrap up today's IndyCar media teleconference. Uh, so thanks for joining us, Joseph.
2: Appreciate it. Thank you.
1: Thank you. That will wrap up today's IndyCar media teleconference. This conference call will be available on a digital tape replay approximately one hour following the conclusion of today's call. To dial the to dial to access the system, participants need to dial eight eight eight. 843-7419 or 630-652-3042 and enter the passcode four 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 one six five six two, 16562 followed by the pound sign. A transcript and MP3 audio of today's call will be available on IndyCar's media website at media.indycar.com. The, the site is open to registered users, so you may have to register on the front page of the site. Thank you, everybody, for joining us today.
0: Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. This concludes today's conference. Thank you for participating. You may now disconnect.